So recording now, you're good to start whenever you want. Sounds good. What's up, guys? Hail Mary Podcast here. We're back for an episode on the NFL Draft today. So basically, we'll be covering the top 10 picks, our most underrated, overrated prospects, our favorite teams and how we think other teams drafted, give our best and uh, worst team draft overall. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Whatever else we lead on to might bring up, but see where it goes from here. Sure. You want to start us off with the first pick? Yeah, so uh, first overall pick, Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. I think this one was a no-brainer. Ever since the Jets lost their game against the Rams in December, I think we knew the Jags were snapping on Lawrence. I mean, ever since his freshman year, really, I think we all knew he was the number one pick. I'd say freshman year high school. Freshman year high school, man. (laughs) Generational talent. I think he's a can't-miss prospect. Big arm, big intangibles, smart guy. Everything you want in a quarterback, really athletic. I think he's a can't-miss guy, and I think he'll be a generation, generational quarterback for the Jags. Yeah, definitely agree with you there. Um, I think we're probably all in agreement. Uh, Aiden? Yeah, for sure. Bonafide number one overall pick. You know, I think there's a few other quarterbacks that have potential to overtake him as the best quarterback in the draft class, but only time will tell from here. And. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, yeah. Uh, well, we could just do like, you know, one at a time for picks here. Uh, I'll go next with the second pick. We had uh, Zach Wilson. Um, I know Aiden had a couple words on, uh, you know, Zach Wilson, who we thought, you know, could have went instead of Zach Wilson. What do you say your opinion on that, Aiden? Yeah, I think uh, Zach Wilson and Justin Fields were 2A and 2B for me. I think they're extremely similar players. I think Justin Fields has a little bit more athleticism than Zach Wilson. Um, I think it's really tough to compare them based on their college schedules, seeing as Zach Wilson had a much easier schedule last year and Justin Fields had a much harder schedule last year playing in different college uh, divisions. So I think it's really hard to judge them one against another, but I also have some false hope just of him going to the Jets in general because of their track record with drafting quarterbacks. So we'll have to see how they groom him and how they can build around him. And we'll see if he turns out like the last couple of quarterbacks that the Jags have drafted high. For sure. Nate, what are you thinking on uh I like Zach Wilson personally. I think he's he's athletic. He's got the big arm, smart guy, everything you want. I just don't know if his potential outweighs the potential of a Fields or Lance per se. But I think he's a solid pick. I don't think Jets fans will be too mad about it, but I wouldn't have been mad if it was him, Fields, Lance. I had them all pretty pretty tightly together in my rankings, but not a bad pick. I think we all knew it was coming, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in, I'm in agreement with both you guys. I think he was kind of, you know, I, I, we were all pretty sure he was going second. That's what all the big boards were saying. Um, I do like his play style, but like Aiden said, he was playing easier opponents, easier schedule. Um, and, and, you know, he, Justin Fields was, and I'm not very high on Justin Fields, but 
as, you know, as good as he was, he was good since he started playing for Ohio State. Um, and Zach Wilson kind of came out of nowhere. But and still a great player, but it all depends on how he translates to the NFL and hopefully that his potential can, you know, get I there. Zach, I think Zach Wilson could be like a – reminds me a lot of Tony Romo when I watch him. Mm. Makes those plays out of nothing at times, and you're like, wow, this kid's spectacular. But at other times, he's like, wow, I don't know, this guy really <laughs> the second overall pick, you know? But yeah, exactly. Time will tell, I guess. But For sure. All right, who do we got for the third pick, Nader? Third pick, uh, Sam Fran goes with Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. Bit of a project, guys. He only played one year in college and then opted out last year after one game. But what do you guys think on it? Aiden, you want to go ahead first? You can go ahead. Yeah, I love the pick. I think he's got a lot of raw talent that can be groomed with the great play caller. That is Kyle Shanahan. And I think it's going to be a big step up from Jimmy G, who's – not very mobile and doesn't have as big of an arm as some other quarterbacks in the NFL. And I also think Trey Lance is going into the best situation out of any quarterback, seeing as San Fran was in the Super Bowl less than two years ago. And just the fact that they have amazing building pieces around him. They have one of the top two tight ends in Kittle two star receivers in the making in Debo and Ayuk and just one of the best run schemes with Shanahan that Trey Lance can definitely add to with his mobility. So I think Trey Lance can come in, make a difference right away. And I think that San Fran is going to be a team to look out for in the next couple of years. hundred uh, percent. I think, yeah, he's, he's really, I think he's a really great player. Um, it always worries me when, you know, they don't play a year and, you know, what's going to happen the next year after that, you know, if they're, and uh, I think Aiden and Nathan and I were talking on draft night about, you know, how old linemen, it's very hard to come, uh, you know, and play after a year of not playing. But um, you think about quarterbacks and it's like, maybe they were training, hopefully they'll uh, transition. I think Trey Lance is very raw. He's a very, very raw talent. And I think that, um, like you guys said, he's in the best possible position of any of the big five quarterbacks that went with that 49ers offense. And he's got a great defense as well um, with all the injuries coming back. And I think, like Aiden said, the run game is spectacular over there in San Fran. And because Trey Lance is so mobile, it's, he's going to add a lot to that, uh, that scheme. So I think uh, it'll be pretty good. Who do we got uh, for the fourth, Dick McCauley? Uh, we're looking at Kyle Pitts. You know, I love where he went. I just don't like the team that he went to. I thought out of all the situations the Falcons could have went with, I think they could have got great value trading back their pick. And I think trading back their pick would have been the best option for them because they have such big needs at other positions. So I think gathering that draft capital and improving all of the aspects on your team other than one that isn't really a big issue when you have Julio Jones, you have Calvin Ridley and you have some other pretty good receivers behind them. I think they had some O-line issues to address as well as some pretty big defensive pieces that they need to be a successful team. So I think they're going to be probably at the bottom of the NFC South for a couple more years, at least they have building blocks, but they just can't seem to build around them. 
For sure. I am actually a huge fan of this pick. I thought Kyle Pitts was easily my second best player in the class behind Lawrence. I think he's just a dynamic player all around and so fun to watch. He's probably the rookie I'm most excited to see how he does in the NFL. Like I'll definitely be tuning in to Falcons games now. I just love to watch him at Florida. He's the ultimate mismatch. He's too fast and big for corners to cover, and he's too uh, quick for those linebackers to cover up the middle. So he's te technically could do it all. He'll line up in the slot. He'll line up outside. He'll line up on the line. Anywhere you put him, any route he could run will beat you. It's just he's that guy. I'm excited to see what the future's got in store for him. But I do agree. I think the Falcons could have traded down, gathered more capital, and went a different direction. But I'm not too mad about how they did it either. Can't yeah. go wrong with Kyle Pitts. I'm I'm totally in agreement. Uh, before I say anything, apologies. The boys know I, my garage went off. It, I'm right under my garage, so it's really freaking loud. Uh, so I just muted myself there. Um, Kyle Pitts, 100%. He could do it all. He is the. I am also in agreement that he is the second best prospect in that draft. But I do think the Falcons should have traded down. It, it definitely wasn't their need. They have a great receiving core already. Uh, well, let's see if Julio stays. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's an awesome mismatch. He's, uh, there were barely any games that he got shut down last year. We'll get into that with the eighth pick later. Um, but I think he's a really a great player. I, and like Aiden said, I loved where he went. Fourth was the place he needed to go because we all knew those top three picks were all going to go quarterback. So he was deserving to go fourth overall. It just wasn't the right team that I think needed him because they need a lot on defense. And um, I think they could have traded down, gotten some value for him. And, uh, but I think they were asking too much. So we'll see how he pans out and see if he uh, – I think he's going to be a great player. I just think, you know, like Aiden said, as much as he is a Panthers fan, um, it is true that the Falcons are going to be last or, or even third, uh, depending on how the Saints do now um, in that NFC South. Um, but we shall see. Um, with the fifth pick, we had Jamar Chase. So this is kind of a controversial one, I'd say. Um, I mean, Jamar – I think Jamar Chase was – in the same situation as Kyle Pitts was the right pick at five, but I don't think Joe Burrow is going to have any legs at the end of next season. You know, that the Bengals have a terrible, terrible O-line. Uh, I really like, I hope they sign some guys in free agency. I think they already have a couple guys, but um, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow played at LSU together. So it's like, they really have that chemistry and they put up over 1700 yards over the, you know, the year, the, the year and a half they played together. Um, but same thing. He sat out last year, um, but he's like this big, big receiver who's quick. He's got great route running, and I think he'll be a, a really good player in the NFL. It's just, you know, how are they going to get any passes off without any whole line? I, I don't know, but, you know, we'll see. Joe Burrow's a hell of a player. So is Jamar Chase. So uh, we'll see. What, uh, what do the boys think about that? Yeah, I love the player as well. I think he's a amazing prospect. I think he can do big things in the NFL for sure. Again, I just don't like the team he went to. Not that I don't like the team he went to. I don't like the team that took him because I think the Bengals have bigger needs. They could have went Penny Sewell and they could have went Rashawn Slater even trading back. So I think that they had some bigger needs when they have Tyler Boyd, they have – uh, T Higgins that they drafted last year. They have Joe Mixon. So they have some really great weapons there, but they just needed that O-line and they need to protect their generational talent 
which is Joe Burrow that they went and took first overall last year. So I just think it would have been in their best interest to take an offensive lineman that'll put protect Joe Burrow's blind side, but I can understand the pick and I can understand how it'll make Joe Burrow happy as well. For sure. I absolutely love the player in Jamar Chase. He is probably my favorite receiver in the class. I had him at number one. Again, I think O-line is the bigger need for them. I mean, there's still guys on the market. You got the Chiefs tackles, Mitchell Schwartz and Fisher, they're gone. There's some other bigger guards left on the market. So you could fill in the fill in the hole there still. But yeah, I think Jamar Chase was a can't miss receiver, so I don't mind the pick at all. He's probably the best receiving prospect I've seen since Julio, which might be big praise, but I love his game. Sure. I was uh, kind of hoping he fell to my ball from that six. But we'll get into that here. Jalen Waddle, Alabama. Yeah, you take that one for sure. I had him at receiver too, so I'm not too mad about it. Very dynamic playmaker. Could take any any route to the house really with ease. So you did in Alabama, slants, your goes, run your posts, your comebacks. Does it all in the route tree. Dynamic returner as well. I love his explosiveness. Brings much needed speed to a receiving core. Now you add him with, uh, sorry, add Waddle with Fuller and Parker. Now there's no excuse for Tua to not succeed. Even got Kasicki to throw it up too. He's a beast. So it's all on Tua now from here on out. If he can't succeed, then you might look to get another replacement next year. But We're going to see. Yeah. Uh, I really like Jalen Waddle. He's one of those guys that also didn't play last year because of injuries. He played a little bit. He played in the bowl game, um, played at the end, uh, beginning of the year, but he was injured for most of the year. Um, but he's one of those guys that it's just like he got injured, but it's still not going to affect him to the point where he just can't play in the NFL because he's such a good talent. He's, he's explosive. Yeah. And like you said, he's going to get into that end zone and no matter what he'll, he'll make his way there. Um, and like you said, uh, Tua has all these weapons now. Um, there's no way he can't succeed. Um, I really, really like Jalen Waddle. I, I think also he was the wide receiver too in the class. Um, we'll get to number 10 in a little bit, see why, uh, you know, we have these guys above uh, Devontae Smith. But, um, Aiden, what do you think at uh, Waddle at six? Yeah, I really love the pick. I think uh, the Miami Dolphins are such a great team, and they really built – a phenomenal team and they have the building blocks in place that they were able to go in and take best available player. And I really think that Jalen Waddle was Jalen Waddle or Penny Sewell were probably my two best available players there. And they were able to get Jalen Waddle and another weapon in there for Tua. So I really love what the Dolphins are doing there, really giving Tua all the things he needs to succeed and they're going to try to make sure that they get their investment on their fifth overall pick from last year. For sure. Yeah. Well, why don't you go in? You just mentioned the seventh pick there. Why don't you go in with the Lions pick? Yeah. Penny Sewell, you know, you can't miss on this pick. He's a great player, phenomenal talent. He's got all the intangibles. He's phenomenal in the run game. He's a big body on that left side. He can protect your, uh, Jared Goff for next year. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, yeah, you can't miss on that guy. I think he's going to be phenomenal for uh, DeAndre Swift coming out of the backfield there. And uh, they have so many needs. So 
when you can take best available player, it's either when you have all your building blocks in place or you have nothing at all. The Detroit Lions have nothing at all. So at that point, you just take the best available player and you start building around him. Yeah, for sure. I thought at the before the draft, I thought this was a big trade back spot. I thought this was the spot where someone would have jumped for a QB, but it ended up being Penny Sewell, and I'm not too mad about it. I think I'm interested to see year one as he opted out last year. He's got a little shorter arms. I'm interested to see if they play him at guard year one, which might be the move for them, and then kick him out to tackle the year after, after he gets some experience. But I think in the last probably decade, I don't think you could go wrong with this pick. I love it. He's a Dan Campbell guy. For sure. Uh, I like Penny Sewell too. It's like you guys said, he's the best available player in the Detroit Lions or the Detroit Lions. They have nothing. I mean, Jared Goff, for God's sakes, is their quarterback. That is um, something. Uh, I'm just really glad that the Lions, like, or I guess really the Dolphins didn't draft Sewell because – if Waddle or Chase or they took a skill player, it's worrying because of what the track record with the Lions are and skilled players, um, Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders, uh, Matt Stafford even. Um, I mean, I, I don't hate the Lions in any respect, but, I mean, they've just ruined careers. And um, I, I'm, I think it's not that um, they're going to ruin Penny Sewell's career, but I just think an old tackle is kind of going to work on his own and that's your own kind of thing to do. And I think Penny Sewell was a great pick. Um, I'm a little worried because he did set out last year, like you guys said, but we shall see. Uh, I think Gaiden could take number eight with his boy. Yeah. Number eight, he took JC Horn. I was extremely surprised with the pick, you know, especially with the, uh, the, all the trade back rumors and, it's even more surprising when you look at later in the draft and when you're trading back left and right. So I'm not mad at the pick at all. I think he's one of the best defensive players that could have been taken in the draft. I think he talks a big game, so we're going to have to see if he can back that up, but I really think he can and he'll come in day one and be a day one starter might even be our cornerback one. He has the size, he has the speed, he has everything that you want in a cornerback. So we're going to see if he can translate his skills from college into the next level, which I really think he can with our great building blocks and that defense. For sure. This guy for me was my DB1, J.C. Horn. I love his game. Big physical guy. Get right in your face. Absolutely love it. Reminds me a bit of a Richard Sherman, a little bit of Xavier and Howard at the same time, both of them combined. I started to fall in love with him at his pro day. I didn't expect his numbers to be that good, but he kind of wowed me with his speed, his vert, all of that. I didn't think he looked that good on tape, like that fast on tape. But um, yeah, looking more into his tape, very good guy, very solid. I think the Panthers have a great Great young building defense, starting all the way from their D-line. They addressed it with Brian Burns, Derek Brown, guys like that. Now they needed to fix their secondary, and that's exactly what they've done. Pair him up with Dante Jackson. You got Jeremy Chin back deep at safety. I love it. I think the Carolina Panthers are going to do some big things in the next coming years. Yeah. And really good pick. For sure. Um, 
I think Aiden had sent me um, a little picture there the other day that the Panthers have the youngest core in the NFL. It's like 24.2 years, which is pretty impressive. But um, I really do like uh, – J.C. Horn was my CB2. Or I like Patrick Sertain a little better. Um, I do think J.C. Horn is a really good player. I think he's very raw. I think um, I think he's got to step up to what he's talking about. I see him as a little slower – and slower is not a bad thing just because it's Jalen Ramsey who I'm comparing him to. At uh, Jalen Ramsey so quick. Um, but they talk the big talk. Let's see if they can walk the walk. And I think J.C. Horn, if he works on his game, um, he could be a really great player. And I and as much as I hate to say it because Aiden's a Panthers fan, I do really like the future of the Panthers. They're young. They're, you know, Jeremy Chin was a stud last year. I think he deserved the defensive player, the uh, defensive rookie of the year last year. Uh, Brian Burns, Derek Brown, all great players. Um, imagine if they had James Bradbury still. Um, that would, you know, but they're still great. They're still a great, great defense. And I think in a couple of years, they're going to be contenders for sure. Uh, but moving into number nine, I think we have uh, Patrick Sertain, second uh, cornerback, went to the Broncos. The Broncos need a lot. I think the Broncos need a lot. Um, personally, I think they should have won Justin Fields. Um, and, you know, when I, when I saw them draft 13, and they did need a cornerback. I think they did need a cornerback too. Um, but I think they did need a, a quarterback like QB over uh, Sertain just because, you know, Drew Locke's not the guy. Um, and then once, once I saw them draft Sertain, I thought they might, you know, trade for a quarterback uh, after the draft. But seeing that they're not picking up Aaron Rodgers, seeing that they never went for Deshaun, um, they're not going for any of these guys. It just, you know, they want to stay mediocre for these next couple of years. And I really do like Patrick Sertain. He's a great, great player. Um, but um, taking away, like the Broncos taking the cornerback over a QB is overshadowing the fact on how good of a player Sertain is. And it kind of worries me on the Broncos future because I really do like the Broncos. And um, I don't know, they're just going to be in mediocrity for the next couple of years. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I love the player again. Um, I just don't think I love this situation as much as some other people. You know, I think they have holes on that O-line, especially when you had uh, their left tackle last year. He only played four snaps or something like that. And they could have used that for their run game. Um, I think, again, they could have went Justin Fields. They have two extremely mediocre quarterbacks. Teddy Bridgewater was just as mediocre as you can get. Like he'll start off a game being a great game manager. And in the last six minutes of the fourth quarter, he'll just turn everything off and he'll just ruin a game for you. You know, Oh, and eight in games that we lost by, uh, or we were Oh, and eight when losing by one score. So we lost eight games by one score. So we couldn't – he couldn't put us over the top in those last couple of minutes of games. So I think – I hope that's not what the Denver Broncos have to deal with and that they can get um, – uh, who's their receiver? Cortland Sutton. Yeah. I hope Cortland Sutton can come back and be a great receiver for uh, Drew Locke, aside, opposing from Jerry Judy as well as Noah Fant up the middle. And they also drafted uh, – uh, who's, who's the running back? 
the running oh, back Vontae they drafted. Williams. Yeah. I'm a UNC. Vontae Williams. So I think I think Javante Williams can be a extremely dynamic back, especially pairing up with Melvin Gordon. And, and that offense can be ruined. I think they could have taken a cornerback in the second or third round and they could have let him sit behind Kyle Fuller and Kyle Fuller could have mentored him for a year. Um, and that could have led to a good cornerback in the future, but I don't know. I just don't know where I'm at with the Denver Broncos right now. I think they have the building blocks in place. They just, I think they botched this pick for me. I, I'm in a disagreement. I think I'm not a big fan of this pick and, I love the player, don't get me wrong. Patrick Sertain, great, great corner, physical, great, great in man coverage. I just don't think it was the need for the Broncos. They already have three very solid corners and Michael Ojamata just signed Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan, one of the better slot guys in the league. I think they could have used O-line, even Justin Fields would have been a good spot. I think it was a bit too early to take a D-line or a linebacker, so I'm not mad that they passed up on there. But I thought with Rashawn Slater on the board, it was the I thought that was going to be the pick. And they got Garrett Bowles at left tackle, who's solid, but Jawan James at right tackle. I mean, signed a three-year contract, hasn't played in the first two years, and didn't look like he was going to got pink or didn't look like he was going to be brought back anyways. But just tore his ACL today. Or was his Achilles, wasn't it? So. And uh, they, I saw a thing today. Not for the Broncos and his three-year contract. It's kind of funny, but yeah. So I really thought Rashawn Slater was going to be the move. He could have played guard year one and then been kicked out to tackle, but kind of caught me off guard that Sertain was a pick. But yeah, I guess we'll see how it works with that secondary. Maybe they have plans of not bringing back Fuller next year. I don't know, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, last pick of the top 10, and then we'll move into some underrated, overrated picks. We'll make this one kind of quick. I think we all are kind of in agreement on what we think about. So the Eagles ended up trading up with uh, – this was the Cowboys pick, right? Yeah. Um, to 10, and they took Devontae Smith from Alabama, the Heisman winner. Um, great, great player. Um, it's just this guy is, what, it was 5'7 or 5'9, 166 pounds. He's tiny. Um, it's very, very worrying because these 6'5 linebackers, these 6'5 DBs, these big 240-pound guys are coming up against this scrawny little dude. Um, and, but, like, you know, who am I to say that this Devontae Smith isn't going to be a stud because he has all the weapons, all the potential to be. Uh, I think he's got to put on a little more muscle because he's going to be thrown around like Brandon Cooks in the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> but uh, I do I do like to pick for the Eagles. Um I'm surprised how he didn't mess up the draft because he's usually terrible with drafting, but um, I do like the trade up to Devonte Smith. I just hope that he translates. I don't want to see, you know, any injuries from the guy because I do have high hopes for him. Um, what do you guys think about it? Yeah. I think how he finally didn't fumble the bag. I mean, last year you could tell Eagles fans weren't too happy when Dallas picked CD lamb above them. And I think they weren't ready to let another division rival and the giants take him over him. So I think, the trade-up was perfect for him. And, yeah, I like Devontae Smith as a prospect. I'm not as high as him on, as others just because of his size and his durability the next level. But his release off the line of scrimmage is special. He's a great route runner. He's a great catch radius. Solid player, but 
be interesting to see how he pans out. There hasn't really been a prospect like him in the last bit with the size and yeah, so it'll be interesting. I'm worried about his ability to get jammed, but again, he's got a great release off the line, so we'll see if that comes to play often, but who knows. Yeah, I love the trade-up for the Eagles. I think Howie Roseman played that perfectly, jumping the Giants, and he didn't give up too much to do it, so I think that's going to be – I think he has all the skills to be a great receiver, it's just all going to depend on the way the Eagles develop him because they don't have a phenomenal draft. They don't have a phenomenal uh, track record of drafting receivers and grooming them. So it's going to be interesting to see how they'll play it. For sure. Um, I mean, we'll kind of, we'll get into the, the underrated and overrated picks. Now uh, there are a couple more picks like Justin Fields going 11. That was a great pick. I think we're all in agreement with that. Um, a couple other picks in the uh, in the first round and the other two rounds. But um, do you guys mind if I go first for my underrated picks and then uh, we can go around the table here? Absolutely. Uh, all right. So you guys all know that I hate the Browns. I'm a Steelers fan. I, I can't stand the Browns. But my first underrated pick, and I'm very surprised that he dropped off because uh, I guess not really. He was the third corner or no, he was the fourth corner taken. Um, was Greg Newsom the second um, at 26 from to the Browns? Great, great corner. Um, I really think that he should have went over uh, Caleb Farley um, to the Titans. Um, really, really good cornerback, and I think the Browns got a steal with him. He's great coverage guy, um, and I think pairing him with Denzel Ward is going to be lethal. And I'm scared on how good the Browns are going to be next year because they're, we play them twice a year, and I can't stand the Browns. Um, my next guy is uh, Christian Derisaw, uh, the O tackle from the Bikes in the first round. Um, I'm very surprised he went to 23. I think he would have went a little earlier. He's a great, great O tackle. Um, Vikings are really going to like him. I think that's another steal. Um, next one, we're going to get into round two. We have Asante Samuel Jr., the cornerback that went to the Chargers. I think this is a huge steal. I think he was my cornerback three or four. Um, I think he was over Farley. I think he was pretty equal with Greg Newsom, and I think the Chargers got a steal with him. That was a great, great pick. Um, and I love uh, I love their draft, the Chargers in general. I'll get into that uh, in a little bit. But I think Asante Samuel was a great pick. They got him uh, They got him 15 in the second round. I'm not exactly sure what number that is in the 30s, but um, I think it was really Okay, thank you. Uh, next guy is uh, Creed Humphrey. He's a center and O guard. Uh, he went to the Chiefs in round two. Uh, he was um, the second last pick in uh, the second round. Um, of course, the Chiefs got him because why does like the Chiefs get everybody? Uh, I really like Creed Humphrey. I had him in some of my mock drafts for the Steelers to pick. Um, he could play anywhere on the O-line. Uh, I really like him on the center position, even though he's more of an O-guard. I think that was a really, really big steal. I think he was an early second-round pick, and he dropped all the way to the Chiefs at third, um, at the second-last pick, and I, I think he's going to pan out a lot. And my last uh, underrated pick is uh, – this is just a little bias of me because I'm a Clemson fan – is Amari Rodgers in the third round to uh, the Packers. Um, the Packers finally addressed – uh, a wide receiver in the third round. Um, I don't think it's going to really make Rogers stay 
even if he has to stay, I think, you know, it's not going to make him happier because who, who the hell cares about a third round pick. But if you look at Amari Rogers gameplay as Justin Ross didn't play last year, Amari Rogers was just a big, big study was uh, other than Etienne. Uh, he was T-Law's biggest threat. Um, number one guy out there. And I think he was just splitting defenses left and right. And I think he's going to pan out really well. His route running is insane. And I think he's got that really good jump that uh, from college to the NFL. Um, but that's it for my underrated picks. Uh, what if any of the boys want to go next for theirs? Yeah, you want to take this one, Amy? Uh, yeah, I didn't really write any down, but some of the ones I can think of uh, off the top of my head. Um, an underrated pick for me would be Jeremiah Wusu Kormoa. Mm. I think he was an extremely solid pick. I would couldn't believe my eyes when he started falling and falling and falling and then eventually fell right into the Browns laps and I thought the Browns could have taken him in the first round and then he ends up falling all the way to them in the second round and they made the right choice taking him because that was one of their bigger needs and one of their only needs because that's one of the only things that they needed to really complete that defense so yeah, I really love that pick speculation out there is that he fell because of heart issues i heard heart that issues. were brought up as a, brought up as a medical but <laughs> it's apparently not too shouldn't make too much of a play he's still gonna play day one it's just something to look out for just a little minor thing but i'm surprised personally that he fell that much because of it but well, well, on draft night we were all together and we were losing our minds on how far this guy was dropping uh, as much like I thought he was going to go to the Steelers and uh, then they passed on him, but I can't believe that he dropped, he drafted that far. Uh, sorry, Aiden interrupted. His talent definitely warranted a top 15 or 20 pick for sure. But Yeah, I think even though the Raiders botched their first round pick, I think they made up for it a little bit with their second round pick in Trayvon Morig. I think he's a great safety. For sure. Um, Another great pick I thought was Terrace Marshall Jr. for my uh, Carolina Panthers. I think he'll fit in well with our uh, wide receiver room, and he's a great talent. Reuniting with Joe Brady, I think he'll be able to do some damage next year for sure, and he'll be a great replacement for uh, Curtis Samuel, who will who we lost in free agency over the um, winter. For sure. So a couple guys I were very under the radar. This guy not even didn't even go under the radar. He was the first D lineman off the board. But Jalen Phillips out of Miami, Miami Dolphins. I think he was without the injury concern. I mean, he had three concussions over college. Was forced to retire from UCLA because of it. And all the injuries really came from interesting ways. Like one, he was hit by a truck on his bike. The others, just weird injuries. So not really preventable in the football field. But um, I think his talent alone warranted a top 10 pick, if not with the injury concerns. His game reminds me a bit of Bosa. He's just a force on that D-line. Slices through guards, beats tackles outside. I love, love his game. Another guy I thought was a steal for round two is Christian Barmore, the D tackle that went to the Patriots from Alabama. I was surprised when he wasn't a day one pick, but um, I think Bill got a steal there and snagging his guy. Great pass rusher, 
has a great motor. Just at times, I feel like he he's not consistent with it. It looks like he takes takes plays off at times and just doesn't give it his all. But when he's on, he's definitely one of the most dominant pass rushing DTs we've seen come out of college. A few other picks I liked. I was a big fan of Asante Samuel, as Ryan mentioned, but um, he already talked about that one, so I won't cover it. Um, this one was a round five pick I really liked. Cameron McGrone out of Michigan, the linebacker, who also went to the Patriots, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, he fell because of injury concerns as well, and um, he could really do it all. He's a Bill Belichick guy. He's versatile. He could play off the line. He could play off the ball. Great sideline, the sideline tackle. I absolutely love this guy, and I'm shocked he went to round five. Uh, all right, we'll get into some overrated picks here. Um, I think we all have this one. Uh, I don't know if Aiden did, but I know Nathan. How do we collectively talk about this one? Um, I think we got two, but I think uh, I'm going to go with Alex Leatherwood for the first pick. Um, I know which one Nathan's thinking about too. He's he's the next one I was gonna say. Uh, Alex Leatherwood, O tackle from uh, from Bama. He went to the Raiders. This guy is uh, as the uh, prospect analysis showed. Uh, he labels himself the meme concierge. So um, that's a little red flag there. Um, this guy is base below round two talent. There's no reason this guy should have went round one. They did the same thing with clean and Farrell the a couple of years back and he was a Clemson guy and I'm a Clemson fan. And I still think he should not have went at four the, a couple of years back, but other way, I mean, at the corner from Ohio state last year, way too high for him. he was not a first rounder. John Gruden. Reaches, so. John Gruden makes my head hurt. I don't know. He's ugly and he's stupid. So, uh, you know, two terrible things to be. But uh, I, I really didn't like that pick. Um, and Aiden mentioned this earlier, is that um, the Raiders took a great safety uh, in Mooring. Um, I, don't, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name in round two. Great pick. But they could have, like, they should have drafted him in round one and then still had Leatherwood probably in round three, personally, I think. I, I really have a huge reach. Um, I'm going to let Nathan talk about this one because I know he has some words to say. Uh, round one from the Cowboys, Micah Parsons, the linebacker. What do you think about that, Nate? I I was shocked when I heard his name called, especially the Cowboys trading down. I saw Rashawn Slater on the board. I'm like, how could you not take him? Especially with how weak your O-line was last year. Didn't really get much better. It's only getting older. How do you not take that guy? And then I hear Micah Parsons. And I'm like, personally, I had him as my linebacker three on my board. I wasn't too high on him. I had Owusu Kormoa and Jameen Davis higher than him. But I just didn't like the pick. I thought he's athletic and all, but he's got off, off the field issues. He's really a, it's what I like to call him. He's a jack of all traits, but doesn't really do anything well. Hmm. Like you does everything, but he doesn't really do anything well. Like he can blitz, but he's not like an amazing every down blitzer. He cannot cover for shit in coverage. He, I don't know. He's not a great run stopper. His instincts are pretty poor for a prospect, but I'll give it to him. He's an athletic freak and 
there's nowhere better to learn than Dallas. They're a pretty good linebacking team and have always been able to develop linebackers. So I guess we'll see how it goes. But I just wasn't too high on the pick personally. Yeah, I know Aiden uh, Aiden had something to say about the two linebackers that Dallas already has there. Aiden, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so I think that wasn't the pick for them. I think, again, they could have went O-line like Nathan was talking about. But when you have two extremely good linebackers that have been pretty good over the last two years in Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith. Sorry, I forgot his name there. Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderesh. You have two an extremely elite pair of linebackers. When they're on the field together, they're just unstoppable. They're an unstoppable force in the run game and they're just really, really great linebackers. So I didn't think that bringing Micah Parsons into that linebacking room was the best choice for them. I thought they really could have an O-line to be able to keep Dak safe as well as go back to what they were doing like three years ago with Zeke, which was running the ball. I didn't understand why they didn't want to go back to that and why they didn't want to rebuild that O-line, which was one of the best in the league just a couple of years ago. So I was really confused at the pick as well. Uh, Micah Parsons, he's an amazing athlete, but they have a lot, a lot of work to do with him there to make him one of the top linebackers in the NFL, which I think with the right mentorship and the right grooming, I think he can be, but – it's all going to depend on his attitude and the way they handle him. For sure. For sure. Um, I know Nathan had this on his overrated picks as well. Um, so wide receiver 2-2 Atwell from the Rams round two. So I have no idea who this guy is. And that worried me because there were better receivers on the board than this guy. And I'm going to get into another receiver later. Uh I know Nathan knows a little more about this guy, so I'll let him elaborate on, on him, the, round, the Rams pick there. Yeah, so Atwell, I had about a round four to five grade on him. I wasn't really too too high on him. I mean, he's a very small guy. Got great burners. I mean, he's super fast. Runs in the four threes, but he's not really a polished receiver. He can't run routes. Most of his time at Louisville, he was just a returner, ran simple go routes. I thought it was a bit of a reach, and I didn't think the Rams really needed receiver in the first pick in the draft. I think they had holes in O-line. They lost some good secondary players to the Browns and John Johnson and Troy Hill. So I think they could have went there with the pick, especially if they're bringing in D-Jax as a third receiver. I mean, they'll probably only play two games and then get hurt. But <laughs> even with even with Cup, uh, Woods, they had Reynolds there too. So I think the receiving core was fine. I just – I wasn't a fan of this pick. No, 100%. Um, and we were all in agreement with this pick. And I don't even know if you guys are going to remember the name. Uh, Dwayne Eskridge, the wide receiver that the Hawks took. Now, this was the Seahawks' first pick as well in the draft, I'm pretty sure, round two. Um, terrible pick. It's not that the guy – I don't I don't know Dwayne Eskridge um, that, as well as I should. But, um, but these guys have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf playing already. They have a ter- they they had the one of the lowest ranking defenses in the NFL last year. Um, 
They could have like done anything on defense from the line till the secondary, but they decided to go wide receiver because, and I don't understand that because they have a great offense. To, they were one of the top offenses last year, but the only reason that held them back was their defense. Um, but that's really it for my overrated picks. If you guys want to go into a couple more there. Yeah. I could let Aiden take it from here. Um, I think Kadarius Tony would be one of my other higher ones. I think uh, the Giants made a perfect move trading back. Um, I just don't like who they took because I think they have a lot of great weapons, especially in that wide receiver room. They brought in Galladay. They have Darius Slayton. Sterling Shepard is a beast when he's healthy. They have Saquon and they have Evan Engram. So I think bringing another wide receiver in didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but they do have a very well-built team. They have a pretty good O-line already. They have all the weapons that they can need and their defense was solid last year. So I think they weren't a place to take best available player. I just don't really like the pick and I don't really like uh, that they took Cardarius Tony when I think there was better wide receivers on the board for sure. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Another few names I didn't really like at the spot they took. Um, round one, end of round one, the Bills selected Gregory Rousseau, a pass rusher out of Miami. I wasn't too, too high on him, and he opted out last year. But he, his sack numbers were high before that. I just don't like his uh, the pass rush moves he brings in. He's really only one-dimensional. He doesn't offer a lot of moves as a pass rusher, which I think you need at the next level. He could obviously still be groomed, and Buffalo is a good place to learn in as they're in a spot to win now. So it's more of a competitive culture, and he doesn't have to take too many snaps instantly. So I don't mind it, but I think there was better pass rushers available to be taken at that spot. And another pick I didn't really like was Jackson Carmen in round two to the Bengals. As a Clemson fan, his uh, O-tackle out of Clemson, I thought the guy was trash. I mean, he couldn't block a soul in the semifinal game for T-Law. He was getting pressured instantly off of his side. And I don't know, Bengals fans are rejoicing that they got their O-lineman in the second round, but I really don't think this was the guy for them. And I think Bengals fans will see that after a while. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're – we're coming up to about like, I don't know, 45 minutes now or something like that. So we'll kind of get into the best and worst drafts. Um, I have both the boys teams in my best drafts. So I'll let each of them explain it. Um, they'll know a little more about um, their teams than I will. So start off with Nathan. My be- the best team I thought in the 2021 NFL draft um, uh, for most of the rounds, I didn't really pay that much attention to four till seven, but from the first three rounds, the Dolphins were my number one for the best uh, NFL 2021 draft. So Nate, you want to elaborate on those uh, first three round picks there? Yeah, for sure. So Miami, as we all talked about earlier, Jalen Waddle at six and Jalen Phillips at 18. I thought those are two bang on first round picks. Phil's needs and probably the best player at the Best player available at the time, so I didn't mind it. And then second round, they initially shocked me at the start of the second round. We went safety Javon Holland out of Oregon. He's another guy who opted out last year, but um, 
as I watched more and more film on him, because I wasn't really looking into him all that much as I should have been, because I didn't really expect him to be a pick for us. I started to fall in love with the guy. I mean, he's versatile. He could play in the box. He'll play slot corner at times. He's a lot like Jeremy Chin of the Panthers. He could do it all, and I think he's going to be a instant D player of the year or D rookie of the year candidate right away. He's a Flores guy. I really like that pick. And then we traded up a few spots later to take Liam Eikenberg, the tackle out of Notre Dame. Mm. Another guy that just doesn't give up sacks. He's consistent. Only gave up one sack in college. And he could work on his run blocking game a bit, but he's a very good pass protector for Tua. And then third round, Hunter Long, the tight end. I didn't mind the pick, especially with Gesicki potentially leaving in free agency in a year, but I don't think that'll happen. But he's just more depth at the tight end position and Tua loves to throw to his tight end, so I can't really complain of that. And then ended up trading out of our fifth round pick, but a few solid seventh rounders, nothing too big, but okay. Yeah, I think we nailed it for the first three rounds, though. For sure. Uh, going to Panther. Panthers were number two on my board. Um, and even if the Dolphins and Panthers aren't on these guys' boards, they're being a little too humble for how good their teams did. Uh, they both did really, really good. Um, I'm just going to say before Aiden starts on uh, the Panthers, I am in love with the Terrence Marshall Jr. pick. So, uh, Aiden, if you want to go into the Panthers draft. Yeah, I think for the Panthers, it wasn't just about who they took, but it was about going into the weekend with seven picks and coming out with 11 athletes that can really make a difference right away. And we got younger, we got more versatile, we got uh, starting off, we got J.C. Horn, who can obviously come in day one, make a difference. We had problems last year covering, especially in that Kansas City Chiefs game where we were in it. But, you know, it's hard to contain when you have Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, guys like that. So stacking up on the secondary is going to be a really big uh, thing for us. And then going into the second round, Terrace Marshall Jr., I thought he's a great receiver coming out of college. They added him to a room with DJ Moore, who we just picked up his fifth-year option, and Robbie Anderson, who's on the last year of his two-year deal. So we don't know what's going to happen with them re-signing. So I think it's a great depth play, as well as a great weapon that can come in and fill that spot that Curtis Samuel left open in free agency. And then... In the third round, we ended up having two picks due to trade backs. So we had, we picked up Brady Christensen, who was really efficient blocking for Zach Wilson last year. Um, I thought he was extremely solid. Um, I think he can come in, he can maybe play guard for a couple of uh, games and then, or even the whole year, and we can kick him out to tackle if he can put on a few pounds. I think he was around 300 and he's like six five so he's a really big guy he can obviously protect the quarterback and yeah I love that pick and then also in the third round we got Tommy Tremble so the Panthers lost uh, Chris Manhurts a blocking tight end last year as well as we lost uh, Alex Arma who is our fullback and I know we picked up a fullback in free agency but I think adding this Tommy Tremble pick, um, as it 
utility guy. He can come in. He can block. He's the best blocking tight end coming out of the draft. So I think that's going to be extremely important blocking for Christian McCaffrey and getting our run game as great as we can. And then uh, picking Chuba Hubbard. I don't mind the pick. I think um, it was pretty good. I like Chuba Hubbard. I think he's a really dynamic athlete and sitting behind Christian McCaffrey, learning from him and even coming in for him uh, to take off a few snaps. I think he can be really dynamic and make a difference uh, when Christian's taking a break, which he rarely does, but um, I think he'll be great for that. And, and uh, he's a, he's Canadian and uh, he played for OSU and last year he got injured, but two years ago he put up uh, like 2,200 scrimmage yards. So he was like the Chris McCaffrey of the college football world two years ago. So he has the same style as Christian McCaffrey. He's going to be great sitting behind him. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I think he's going to be really sick. And then the rest of our draft, we assessed needs. We added depth to our defensive line. The only pick I didn't like from the Panthers was taking a long, long snapper in the sixth round. Um, I didn't know about that pick, but uh, – I think uh, he could come in. I think we re-signed our long snapper to a one-year deal. So he can come in, learn behind him for a year, and then be our long snapper of the future. I just don't know if it was worth the sixth-round pick we paid for him. Just another thing to touch on, the uh, Brady Christensen pick. There's uh, the relative athletic scores that are um, teams used to measure the athletic ability of prospects. He was the um, top-ranked athlete, like, for his score in the past 30 years out of any O-lineman. So you're getting an amazing athlete out of him instantly. And, yeah, like you said, if he puts on a few pounds, he's a bit on the lighter side, but I think he could be a good tackle for their future. And he was rated the highest of any O-lineman of the past 10 years by pro football focus, and uh, I believe it was efficiency, so. Mm-hmm. We're getting a real stud, especially for a third-round pick. Uh, it's just going to depend if his talent can translate to the NFL, which I really believe it can. Yeah, 100%. Um, I'm going to go with one of mine, and then each of the boys can go with one of theirs for their best. Uh, I have the Chargers as a great uh, draft there. So they took um, Slater at 13 in the first round. Um Great pick. Like the guy said, he should have went at least – I think he was top 10 talent. Uh, the Broncos should have picked him up. Uh, arguably, and Aiden makes this argument a lot, is that he's arguably the best O-tackle in the draft um, comparing to Penny Sewell um, because he took a year off. You know, Slater can be – well, you've seen the tapes of Slater, like just crazy blocking uh, Chase Young and just every big game guy – at Northwestern. Uh, then Asante Samuel Jr., we've already went over him, stud, round two. Um, Josh Palmer in round three. Um, bit of a reach in my um, be- in my opinion, just because of Mari Rogers. Uh, Diami Brown was still there. Um, uh, but I-, I-, I like the pick. And then they took Trey McKitty, tight end, who's another really good blocking tight end. Um at 30, uh, 33 in the round thir- uh, three draft. Um, but I like their pick. And I, I think some of the boys have uh, have them as well. Uh, and then is there any more uh, best team drafts that you guys got there? I know one. Uh, I, know I, think one. I, 
I talked about it a bit before, but the Cleveland Browns draft, I think taking uh, Greg Newsome uh, at cornerback was really a great pick for them. They had a need for a cornerback to pair someone up with Denzel Ward and that secondary. So I think he can come in and be a great player for them. And then obviously Jer- Jeremiah Wusu Kormoa dropping to them in the second round. I thought that was a great pick. You know, it's going to depend on his health, but he has all the intangibles. He's a phenomenal linebacker. He can come in and make a difference day one. And then their third round pick, Anthony Schwartz, you know, they have the freedom now if they want, they can trade Odell. I wouldn't particularly agree with trading such a great talent, but I think like Nathan has said in the past, uh, he doesn't like, I think we both don't like Baker throwing to Odell because it just hasn't worked out for them ever since he got there. And I think uh, they had weapons last year that were amazing for Baker and going into that play action system, you can really plug anyone in there like Jarvis, like uh, people's Jones, Austin Hooper and uh, Njoku and that play action game will just work to a T. So I think it was a great draft for them. They came away with some great pieces and they really were able to draft their needs as well as the best players available. So great draft for them. Yeah, right. for sure. And I'll, I'll throw out another name. The, um, I would talk about the Patriots, I feel like, are my top draft with Mac Jones, and they got a few studs later on that shouldn't have fell to them. But since I already talked about them a bit, I'm, I'm going to mention the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, these guys just don't stop getting better and better. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Second round, they took linebacker Nick Bolton out of Mizzou, who I was really high on. I think he's going to be a great player for them and fell the 58th pick, which was kind of crazy to me. And they also snagged Creed Humphrey, who Ryan talked about earlier. Just a beast in the interior of the O-line. It's going to help them instantly. And then I like two of their late guys in particular. Uh, wide receiver Cornell Powell out of Clemson. He's a great route runner, great physical guy at the point of the catch. It's another weapon for Mahomes to just make silly plays with and it's just another guy to go to a fun offense and also offensive guard Trey Smith he fell to pick 226 or something like that which I thought was really late considering I had like a third or fourth round grade for him he's another guy he's a bit raw but he's physical he's a great run blocker if he pans out he could be a good guard for their future and another protector from Mahomes who we saw in the Super Bowl needs a bit of a boost to the O-line which is what they're trying to achieve this offseason by bringing in younger and newer guys to help out and Tooney and Orlando Brown, per se. And they even brought Kyle Long back out of retirement. So it'd be interesting to see how that O-line does with all new faces. So I really like their draft, though. I thought they nailed it again. So. Oh, yeah, 100%. Chiefs keep on getting better and better. A uh, couple worst drafts to end it off here. We're, we're running a little – a little long, but, uh, you know, get into the conversation. Really good draft uh, recap here. Um, I have the Raiders, but I've talked about – we've all talked about the Raiders already. Um, first round was just awful. Got a stud in the second round, but the later rounds were not very good at all. So I won't really talk about them. I Same with the Seahawks I talked about too. Um, 
unfortunately, I know both the boys have my team as one of the worst draft uh, draft recaps, draft uh, classes. So if you guys want to kind of talk about that a little bit, you guys can go ahead. I'll kind of defend myself a little bit, but I am in agreement with them in some regards. So I know Aiden is dying to shit on my team. So go ahead, Aiden. Going in here, Nate. Smoking that Steelers pack tonight. Yes, sir. All right. I think you guys have heard it from me. They have holes everywhere. Absolutely everywhere, especially with that TJ Watt guy. (laughs) Their holes, I think they could have replaced it better. I think that replacing the O-line that they've lost over the past couple of years was the more important thing for me in round one. Najee Harris is a phenomenal player, a phenomenal talent, but I just think for me that he could have went somewhere else and that the Steelers could have picked up a running back elsewhere and built an offensive line where someone could succeed in that backfield. And then going into the second round, Pat Freermuth, how do you say his name? I don't know. Tight end. <laughs> Pat Freermuth, tight end, going into Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't think offense of skill positions were their dire need, just like I said with Najee. So I think they really should have addressed O-line in either the first or second round. So when I saw they took a running back and a tight end back-to-back, I just – I didn't like the picks, especially when it's going to be your two best players coming out of the draft. I thought that they really should have went O-line at least one of the two picks, and I would have been higher on them. And then they did get their guard in the third round, and I don't mind Kendrick Green. I think he's a good player, but again, like I said, I think their bigger need was either offensive line or even cornerback, because I know that cornerback uh, room is getting a little bit uh, scarce for uh, talent. All right, all right. Can I can I defend myself? Can I? Absolutely. Uh, all right. We're here for sir. All right. No. Go ahead, Nate. Go ahead. Go ahead. You got it first. Then I'll then I'll recap it. You see, the big part I didn't like with the Steelers draft was Najee Harris. I'm not a big believer anymore in first round running backs unless there's like a huge gap from the one to two, but I really think that's the least starting to become the least important position to draft other than like special teams and whatnot. I just think there was a few holes in the O-line that needed to be addressed. I would have been fine with the pick, but there was two names that were left on the board that I thought, man, the Steelers, I've got to go with these guys. Tevin Jenkins, the O-tackle, and Samuel Cosme, another O-tackle. I thought with them on the board, they should have went with one of them instead. But if they weren't there, I would have been fine with the Najee pick. It's just, I think O-line needed to be addressed a little bit more, but oh well, what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, I think, so, I'm, yeah, you guys are both right. Uh, I think everybody the Steelers got are great people. It's like, it's just like the Kyle Pitts pick. It's like you pick the best guy available, but you're not filling the holes that you needed to at the right time. I was very high on Tevin Jenkins. I had him going first round to us. 
Um, I really would have enjoyed that. I'm definitely very excited about Najee Harris going to us. Uh, Pat Freemuth, uh, tight end, great player. He's, it's not like he's a bad player. He's a really great tight end, great blocking. He's got better hands than Eric Ebron, because don't give me shit on Eric Ebron. Um, but he's he's really good. Don't think they should have went second round. They definitely should have went guard second round. Or, like, I think they should have went Creed Humphrey uh, at 23, uh, or round two, 23. And then they ended up getting uh, Kendrick Green, who's a solid pick. But I think they definitely should have addressed the middle line in round one or two. Um, they actually did get a really, really big steal in like the fifth round or sixth round. I can't remember which one. Trey Norwood from Bama, really, really good steal uh, as cornerback. But I think they should have addressed the cornerback a lot earlier and maybe the fourth round. Um, and then I think my favorite pick from the Steelers is we got this like 240 pound punter. He's like huge. He's awesome. I, I think that's an awesome pick. But that's that's the disappointment of the Steelers draft. But the thing is, is that the Steelers are usually very good with drafting, as you've seen over the last couple of years with Claypool and all these guys getting picked, Antonio Brown a while back. Um, but it's that risk. It's And me, being a Steelers fan, it's like giving myself a heart attack every day. It's like, are these guys even going to turn out? Um, you know, Kevin Colbert, the GM, knows a lot more than we do about this stuff, but um, we shall see. But definitely they should have taken an alignment first two rounds. They shouldn't have left at the round three. As good as Kevin Green is, um, I think, or Kendrick Green, I think they should have went at least Kevin Jenkins in the first round, if not Creed Humphrey in the second. Um, I, for another worst draft, the Texans. I mean, they got uh, they got that quarterback. David Mills. They didn't have a pick until round three. Uh, they only uh, oh, Brian. without even being there by trading the first and second round picks. <laughs> yeah, they had uh, they had two third round picks. They had uh, they had David Mills quarterback in third round, and they had Nico Collins. I actually like Nico Collins a little bit, but I don't really. Uh, David Mills is okay. Uh, I mean, the Texans are just a pop franchise now. I don't mind the Davis Mills pick. As long as – I think internally they're more scared about Deshaun Watson's situation than I think the average viewer looking from the ins- the outside is. I feel like – I feel like that pick just says that they're, they're thinking Deshaun's going to face discipline or they know stuff that we don't, which is a bit scary. But, I mean, I don't think you use your first pick on a quarterback if you're not – at least under the infu- under the influence, he's not going to be playing for you. So, I don't know. I guess time will tell. But Yeah. Um, anyone got any more uh, bad drafts? I had the Seahawks. I had the Seahawks, uh, had the Seahawks, Seahawks, Cowboys, and Rams. I didn't really like any of theirs, but I think we've already been into depth with a lot of those guys. Um, Cowboys with Micah. Um, the Seahawks with that uh, wide receiver as their first pick. Um the Rams with Tara. I don't. I don't really like the Rams picks. Do you guys have any more uh, teams that you thought had a bad draft? I think the Colts in the first couple of rounds, and even really their whole draft. Like being in the AFC, you need guys obviously to rush the passer desperately when you have all these great quarterbacks: Mahomes, Herbert, uh, two now, and you have them fortified behind these. Phenomenal O lines. You need to be able to rush the passer. So I do like the Quiddy Pay pick. I just would have rathered them uh, fill that left tackle hole that 
Anthony Costanzo left when he retired uh, because that's going to be a big thing for Carson Wentz because when Carson Wentz is under pressure and he's trying to make plays out of the pocket, it's just where he starts to turn into a Johnny Manziel. Um, I don't know if that was the right comparison. but Perfect uh, comparison. I like that comparison. You forgot to mention Ben Roethlisberger as a top AFC quarterback. Did you not? Uh, no, I purposely left him out. Mahomes who? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's about it. I mean, teams like the Packers, maybe. We don't know <sighs> what's going on with them. I didn't really like their first selection all that much. Eric Stokes, I mean, he's a great athlete, but I don't think he was warranted of a top-round pick, in my opinion. And uh, a situation not? a little iffy with Rodgers and the GM having beef. And there's yeah, oh, yeah. Kind of a cat and mouse team, and I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. But I think they'd send uh, the GM out the door long before they would cut Rodgers loose. I think they're doing everything in their power to keep him around, but just yep. whether the fact needs to be there. Exactly, exactly. Well, I think that's about it, boys. Um Thank you to everybody who was listening there. If you guys got any more, um, you know, content ideas that we could talk about, you know, we're always willing, you know, any, other, any sports, I mean, no way in hell I'm going to be talking about cricket um, or tennis or any of that, you know, give us like the four major sports. But uh, there's one more thing I wanted to add. We got a comment on our first Instagram post from uh, a good friend of ours, Colby Marcel. Mm. And he, uh, I forget exactly what he said, but he wanted to know how we feel about Tom Brady deflating footballs to win Super Bowls. <laughs> I think I think we've all kind of got the yeah. same uh, opinion on Tom Brady. He's the greatest of all time. He is the greatest, but I personally don't like the guy because he's cheated his way there. Um, and I'm not going to discredit his greatness because he is the greatest, but he had to go to a super team to win another Super Bowl. You know, throw him on a team like the Lions, throw him on a team like, uh, I don't even know. Um, and, you know, he's not going to do as well. And obviously no quarterback's going to do as well. But um, I, I've never been a fan of Brady's, but I will never discredit him for the GOAT. But he did. The Patriots did spy gate. They did deflate gate. They've done all this crap. They've spied on practices. They're, they'll do everything they can to win. And uh, it doesn't matter. We, we have a friend like that who will do anything he can to win. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I don't like to really nitpick that much because, I mean, I'm, my team's been in the division for them and I've seen how good of a dynasty they've been and just us, the Bills and the Jets, just not being able to keep up with them for the past 20 years. But, I mean, it did happen. They cheated a few times and got caught. But, I mean, even then, like, can't take away their greatness. Bill Belichick's just a mastermind of a coach. Brady's the ideal game manager of all game managers. If you give him the ball in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter down, he's going to make you pay and it's drive over. down the field. <laughs> what he does, he's clutch. He's got everything you want in the QB, but I mean, it is what it is. Can't change history from here on out, but my respect for them went down a bit after that and all the Spygate and but it is what it is. It is what it is. McCall, anything else about that? or 
No, I think you guys covered it. Like, he's the GOAT. Um, I think one Super Bowl doesn't tarnish his entire legacy, but uh, that is definitely a disgraceful act to deflate footballs to win the Super Bowl. I think that's a – I think everyone can agree on that for sure. Pay the suspension, though, at least. Yep. Uh, you did indeed. But I mean, I don't want to the Super Bowl. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see what he does next year, too. You know, he might – he's probably going to have to start putting rings on toes now, you know, by the time he gets done with his career. But uh, – I think it's about it. Yeah, leave, definitely, um, you know, Aid brought up a great point there. Leave some comments on our Instagram post. We're going to post a little uh, trailer there for um, the next, uh, for this episode coming up. This is going to be out on Thursday. We're recording this uh, on Tuesday. Um, but, yeah, thank you to sure. any yeah. Any content ideas? Like, hmm. be happy to talk about. I know some people wanted us to mention a bit of the Blue Jays and hockey playoffs coming up, NBA playoffs coming up. So there's a lot to talk about. So well, yeah. while the football off season's dry, there's always other things to talk about. So let us know what you want us to talk about and we can cover it for you. Exactly. Um, I think that's it though, boys. Uh, thanks for, uh, thanks for doing this. We're, uh, we'll have this out on Thursday and um yeah, well, uh, we we definitely enjoyed doing this. I think I think it was a really great experience, and we're excited to do some more episodes. So, uh, matter of fact, uh, talk to you boys later. Peace out. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Yep. Peace out.